We are the Man in the Cannon podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ news and unprofessional views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back to the show. Everybody, tour behind the boards with you. Man in the Cannon podcast. Back with some old friends. Sorry, we went on a bit of a hiatus. We had a little bit of a break. A little bit of a break. Yeah, hockey had their COVID, had a bit of a COVID break. We had the holidays, but I'm joined once again with Mr. Frank. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Good to see you all. And the Locon. Glad to be back, everybody. Yeah. Sorry Welcome for, uh, back, Mr. Locon. Yes, actually. thank you very much. Uh, yeah, sorry for our brief hiatus there, but uh, I've actually spent some time gallivanting around Europe. Uh, well, just Ireland, actually. Over there, drank a bunch of Guinness, got real drunk, had a good time, saw some Irish land. It was fucking beautiful. Glad to be back, though. It's always nice to come home, especially to watch... Uh, as soon as I got back, I got to watch the Jackets get their ass kicked seven to two by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So that was always almost shipped him back to back. Ireland. It's like just, just like I never left. It's like I never left. Yeah, home. Watch the same exact team. Yeah. Uh, no, dude. Uh, Ireland. If you guys ever get the chance to go, highly recommend it. Um, especially if you love beer. You know they have. I do love beer. Excellent selections of beer over there. They all have lots and lots of flavor. You know, very full-bodied beers. But Guinness over there is like a thing, dude. It's like a religion. It's like a way of life. You know, you hear about that, but you don't really, you don't really know it, or you, you can't really comment on it until you truly, truly see it. And man, they drink a lot of Guinness over there. So it's in their and it's blood, just I've so heard. fucking good. It's so creamy, so cold. Do you think uh, they throw me out if I ask for a bush light? Yeah, probably. Because <laughs> they're actually like kind of like that. The hospitality <laughs> over there is a little bit different. Do they know what a bush light is? Do you I don't think, think they do. They actually, now that I think about it, a lot of bars I think did have some Coors Light on tap. Now that I think about well, it, well, I am a cowboy, you know, so, so I'll, I'll drink some Coors. Get away with one light beer. I can't remember, but the hospitality over there is different. I think because like I don't think they have to work for tips because I don't think tipping is like part of the most places it isn't part of the thing over there uh-uh. so they're like straight up with you they're like what do you fucking want to drink like right. stop piddle farting around fucking tell me what you want or get the fuck out right right what do you want yeah no had a hell of a hell of a good time over there highly recommend the trip but uh what, what's next cbj yeah. hockey man what did i miss while i was gone so Ooh, i boy. remember we were over there, and I kind of tried to follow along, but we come back right off a long, little bit of a long break. Yeah, the whole NHL shuts down for a couple weeks for COVID protocol, and uh, you we know, come back against Nashville. Yeah, um, you know, Nashville obviously more so when we're when we're in Nashville uh, gives us problems. But honestly, at home we we tend to struggle with Nashville, and obviously we had this two weeks off. We're not really sure how how the boys are going to look. You know, lack of practice, lack of you know team meetings what what have you right. i don't really remember what yeah the, there's only so much you can do virtually yeah what the know? whole protocol was with within the organizations um but we get a tough shootout win man you know we we don't look too bad uh texier has a hell of a goal five hole um that fire poker wasn't that the fire the poker fire, yeah, the fire yeah. poker yeah they brought that back out brought it back yeah. and it's uh you know it was a goal we needed um but uh it, it was nice to start out with a win you know 
against a, against a tough team that that's been playing pretty well in in Nashville. Um, didn't he have he had a real nice goal too that third period or the the third goal. he had to tie it up the unassisted puck came to him yeah unassisted it was kind of a turnover in uh, their own zone right to Texier's stick in the high slot and man he had a a pretty nice shot right over the left or over the right blocker, blocker side of yeah. Saros, yeah. was Saros in no goal? it was um, who's the other one with the starts with an R. Uh, oh, Rontanen? Rontanen, I, I believe, I was playing. Rontanen. And, dude, he, I mean, he all, all, always gives us trouble, <laughs> I feel like. Fucking Nashville, dude. They're good, too. You know, they're a mm-hmm. solid team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, Elvis was in net that game. Elvis was in net. pretty solid. Yeah. It, uh, you know, it was it was one of those games which was interesting because, uh, you know, obviously we, we go to overtime, and we actually, um, both goalies played pretty damn well in overtime and i think we go on the power play and we have a lot of shots and a lot of chances and um it's one of those games where you're like well fuck we're gonna lose in a shootout but elvis had some pretty nice saves including one against our good old friend ryan johansson and gave him a nice uh nice little stare down i like that uh, you know got me all fired up a little bit but thank you ryan (laughs) um you know nyquist also i think nyquist had the game winner if i yes remember. that's correct i believe so um, he's been great on the shootout for us yeah by the way he's, he comes at it very very straightforward you know no dilly dallying around comes in i think he's left-handed shot he comes in puts it over the glove on the right side yeah yeah but yeah that uh that texier a little fire poker move dude it's become a thing it's uh it's called the t- it's got to be called the texier yeah right? like there ain't no that's what i'm calling it now yeah We've coined that term. So. Even if somebody else does it, they should probably pay him something for that. You heard it here on the MTC podcast first. It's the Texier now. The classic Texier. So the Jackets start off with a nice, you know, a nice win to start the start things off. Um, I remember I was in, we were in uh, Galway, and I remember catching the highlights on my phone because over there you can't watch it. Unless, I mean, they don't even have like, they don't have ESPN or at least the place we were staying. They didn't have ESPN. And you can't download. We didn't have a TV that had like the apps to download, so I couldn't download the ESPN app because I was going to try to catch it on ESPN Plus, but yeah, didn't work. Also, doesn't help that the games start at midnight. I was on, you know, I was like, right, fourteen hours deep by then. Man. Yeah. Uh, but I was, that was always that was a nice little addition to my trip. Start things off uh, with a nice win against Nashville, but then Carolina comes to town. Yeah, and so. we start off with that game. I remember what was it three three nothing or four. Yeah, nothing? we were up four four nothing. Um, you know, so a little matinee game, New yeah. Year's oh, Day. Oh yeah, that was that Saturday matinee. Saturday, January first at Nationwide Arena. Um, I was I was actually at the game. Uh, a little nervous to start. Obviously, Carolina's coming into town, one of the hottest teams uh, in the NHL, one of the best teams in the NHL. Um, super fast, super talented um, on both sides of the ice. And so I remember watching or at least seeing the highlights on my phone since it was a matinee game. I could kind of at least follow some of the highlights. And I remember seeing 4 nothing, and then I think I ended up going to bed that night, and then I woke up. And we had lost seven to four. So tell Frank, what the fuck happened? Oh geez. Like what the well, f- is it? I and I know this is vintage Columbus Blue Jackets, and it's a, it's a big problem. We can dive into that, but I want to know what the fuck happened in this game because, from what I understand, Tarasov played well, and then Tarasov like played very what, well. Merzlikens comes in in the third period. What what the fuck happened? 
Yeah, so, okay, I don't really want to blame it all on Elvis. You know, Elvis was um, not prepared to play that game. Uh, I think he had a little bit of an illness, but we honestly, he was the only other option. Tarasov goes down with, I think, a lower body injury uh, after the second period, so he gets pulled. Um, and we don't have Corpusalo on the bench because he, I don't know if he was still coming off COVID protocol or something, if an injury, uh, whatever it was. So, you know, Elvis comes in not really warm at all. Um, and you just kind of felt it coming, right? So we end the second period, 4-2. to two, Carolina's starting to gain momentum. And the thing about Carolina is they press the whole game. It doesn't matter if they're down 10 to nothing. They are still pressing putting pressure on our guys and I know we're a young team but this is a problem that needs to change in the organization as a whole is when we get a big lead or any lead we can't change our game plan you know we it almost we're deer in headlights again we can't get the puck out of our own zone we're fanning on shots we're stupid turnovers and I mean you just you saw it coming from a mile away and you can't do that against a team like Carolina you can't. I feel like when I watch us play Carolina, and you tell me if this is what happened, because from games past and from prior times watching us versus the Hurricanes, when the Hurricanes get the puck in the zone, it's like there's a giant fortress wall that just slams down on the blue line, and they just keep the puck in the zone no matter what. And we turn into look like middle school children trying to get the puck out trying to clear yeah the like puck we're playing keep away zone. some somehow carolina has figured out how to keep the puck in in the offensive zone at their own will and we have absolutely no idea how to solve it and get out of it is that what happened that's what happened and we give up seven basically seven unanswered yeah you know but i mean you uh kind of take a deep breath or you know you i check my phone real quick and before you know it we're down five to four but you know a big problem is and it's something that carolina does very well which i don't know why we don't incorporate this more is when carolina you know in better teams uh if you know like florida does this pretty well too is when they exit their own zone they are constantly going north to south when we're trying to, you know, exit the zone or get the puck out of our own zone, we're going side to side. Or even backwards. And backwards. We're, and we're I don't know why around we and are going trying to go. Our own net a lot. And we turn it over or, you know, those faster teams are putting pressure on us on the boards and we can't get the puck out. I would really like to see this team do a little bit more north to south. Use our speed. We're young. We're, we have some pretty damn fast guys. And just see what happens. Because, I, don't, I mean, at this point... If we have to ice the damn puck a couple of times, then we do and take a deep breath. Yeah, I've been I've watched several games where we're we're playing side to side, we're putting the puck behind our own net, trying to figure something out, and then we lose it and they score. Yep, that's what that's what happens, and it's frustrating. Bjorkstrand talked about it last night, and we'll get there eventually. It was finally, but uh, he said you were at the game, so you couldn't you know see the right in between the periods. But they asked him, they're like, what what do you think went well in like that first period? And he even said. I think we're playing more north, you know, playing up and down the ice as opposed to side to side front or maybe even behind our own net. So, uh, yeah, you can see when we start to when we start to extend the ice and make those passes up the ice, control the puck through the neutral zone. Yep. That's when we start to see good results and that's why one of the reasons why we were able to squeak out a win last night against New Jersey. But man, when we we just 
it seems like we cannot we cannot do that against Carolina, especially against Carolina, and it, it leads to a horrendous downfall of this team. Um, but yeah, and you you mentioned it before the pod, Frank. It's been a characteristic of the Blue Jackets since, since the inception of the franchise, right? Giving up leads, um, especially it's been very prominent and something fans have talked about the past five years. Um, but man, they really need to figure that out, but. So Tarasov goes down in that game, but apparently he was playing well before he went down. Yeah, I mean he's I, he was playing very solid. Um, you know, Tarasov's that was the first time I've seen him. He's big. He's a big guy, and I honestly I I'm a big fan of him. Uh, I think he definitely has potential, um, especially in that um, you know whatever backup role or whatever you know. He's he's thought to be a, a high end goalie prospect. Yeah. He's so, going to be a number one, our number one goalie. Yeah, and maybe sooner rather than so, later if Corpusalo and Elvis can't figure out their fucking game. I, no, no kidding, right? And I, you just you kind of felt bad for the guy, right? He's still kind of looking for that first win, and he's honestly, I thought he played well in his first two starts too. I mean, yeah, he just played some tough teams, yeah. right? He played like Dallas his first game and Washington back to back. I think yeah, those on, were tough. Both on the road, I believe. Um, but Tarasov looked pretty good. You know, he let in um, he let in one, but it was a pretty good shot. I can't remember who. It wasn't Ajo, but it was it was somebody that it it, it was a tough one to stop, honestly. But um, you know, I think uh, it, it was just kind of disappointing because you know we really could have started you know the new year out with um you know obviously beating nashville at home was was a great win and if we could have you know could have almost stole like i don't want to see say steal but to not even get a point in that game you're up four to nothing right. i mean that's ridiculous at home yeah. against a big metropolitan division opponent right like the hurricanes yeah that was a big game and they they fucking pissed it away yeah so and you can kind of definitely see the little remnants of that game i think with um you know you know we had tampa a couple days later yeah, and then Tampa, so Corpy's first game back in a long time. He had, hadn't played in forever because he was, he was injured. And then yeah, he not got even one, on the COVID list. And, man, so he finally gets a chance to get back in net. Uh, another seven-goal game, right? Tampa seven, <laughs> uh, Jackets two. That was the first game I got to watch when I got back into the United States, and I turned it off after the first period because we just – it just – we had absolutely no business in that game whatsoever. Let's just – let's skip that game. Fuck that game. Yeah, you. I mean, you almost said it. I like what you said. You, it, it was almost like Tampa was having a practice. Yep, yep. Um, we, so we go to New Jersey, and we, we're, here's where we're starting to kind of get some some sort of traction. Now we still lose the game three to one, but um, it was relatively close most of the most of the night anyway. And Corpusalo looked decent, right? Um, but man. Let's let's move into and finally because I want to let's talk let's get something positive right absolutely we had a big win last night boys uh, the Jackets beat the a New Jersey Devils win. big uh, Metropolitan Division win four to three win um, uh, looked like a packed house tour you were at the game last night how was the crowd last night oh the crowd it was it was electric I mean fifth line showing up yeah yeah they showed up big uh, Voracek's uh, they commemorated his thousandth game. He uh, had. I was watching the pre or the ceremony on TV last. They get. He had like five fucking presents, dude. Yeah, like they gave him a Rolex. Stick. Yeah, the a, team gives him a Rolex. Yeah, a painting. You know, I'm just hoping that once I get to my thousandth game, watch somebody gives me a Timex. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one thousand games watched. All right, yes. Yeah, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, they he had all kinds of stuff. I mean, they he gave out flowers to his family. I mean, it was it was a great thing. They had uh, past players and and coaches and stuff like that on the jumbotron, thanking him and congratulating him and everything else. And a lot of the players and stuff were poking fun at him and. I saw they had Yager up there on the on the screen, like saying, you know, congrats, Jake. You've played a thousand games, but <laughs> you still need seven hundred more yeah, to get to me. <laughs> you still got another lifetime of games ahead of you if you want to catch me. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's man, but cool. what, that's a big accomplishment—a thousand sure games is. in the NHL. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's a ton of games. Good for Jake too. He's done it with two teams, which is really cool. I think as well. Yeah, drafted by the Jackets, obviously traded to Philadelphia, where he had a great great time over there in Philly, and now he's back. Putting on a fucking assist clinic. Oh, he is for the jackets. I, yeah, we've talked about this before, but I play I play Voracek a ton in DFS just yeah, because. Well, I mean, it's just the whole idea of him getting traded straight up for Cam Atkinson to me still just unbelievable. Just yeah, blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of Yarmo's, uh, you know, one of his better deals. Um, don't get me wrong, the Jackets aren't like you know one of the best teams in the NHL right now, but. But Jake Voracek has been an excellent addition to this team. He's still playing at an elite level. I think he's up top, maybe even tied, or is the league leader in primary assists. You know, even mm-hmm. you know, either either tied or ahead of Connor McDavid for that role. So he's he's distributing the puck well. Finds Bjorkstrand twice last night for some uh, you know sexual looking goals, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it was. Sorry, we're passing (laughs) passing stuff around the uh, the pod table. So there's some background noise. uh, What's really fun to watch is um, you know he never panics with the puck, and he just it's it's really hard to get him off the puck. Mm -hmm. He's big dude. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about watching. He helped on that Corpy save last night. Oh yeah, he made that big ass save last night. He like fell and he got into a real awkward position and it hit him in the shoulder. And oh yeah, he saved that goal. That was a goal. That was a goal. That was a goal. Had he not put his body there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great. Electric crowd. Um, we sit. Um, I generally like to sit in the upper bowl because you can just see everything better. Upper bowl's just better. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It is. In it fact, we is. had this conversation with a guy on on Twitter, on Twitter last, last night, night. Yeah. that it is in fact just a unless a unless view. you have like really nice seats in the lower bowl, like you know, like mid ice. Like kind of up yeah. top upper ish section of the lower bowl. Yeah, where you can see over the glass. Where you can see right, over yeah. the glass. Well, really I was telling well. my girlfriend last night because I'm not a small guy, um, and they pack us in like sardines <laughs> up there. I I told her I was like, if you look down there in like the metal seating area where the floor is metal, those seats are larger, more cushion, and the armrest moves up, goes up. Oh yeah, that's a big deal for us big dogs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I've sat down there once. I like sitting there in that seat, but I wish it was up here. Yeah, you know, absolutely. But yeah, it was great. Um, from what, from everything that I was seeing, I mean, it looked like our passing around the net when we were on offense just looked a lot better. Obviously, you could see that. Um, when it went line A, Voracek, Bjorky for that first goal. Um, that was electric because I played Voracek and Bjorky in my DFS lineup last night. So it was good to get that little uh, – those points Start right off the off rip. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And so it was on the power play, and we hadn't scored a power play goal in like – Yeah. It seemed like forever, two mm-hmm. months maybe, or, or a full month. So it was good to, good to get a power play goal because – that that was a strength of this team actually at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Remember how, you know, our power play was kind of carrying this team. So nice to see Bjorkstrand get one there in the slot, the high slot. 
It was nice to have him back, right? He was out for a couple oh, that's of games, true. too. Yeah, you know? Bjorkstrand back. Line makes a nice pass on that play, too. Yeah. You know, cross crease all the way on the other side to Voracek. Yep. And then Voracek puts it right in the slot there for uh, – he fucking fired that thing, too, right yeah. in the back of the net. About put a hole in the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, good good start there, one nothing. Uh, and then what, what happened on that second goal, man? It was like Jenner – Jenner kind of throws one towards the net, but then like Jack Hughes knocks it in his own net or something. Yeah, it almost like looked that. like an own goal, but I think they give the goal to. They gave it to Jenner. Yeah, they gave it to. Boone. So we start off two nothing, and it's a good first period, and then, man, we just have these fucking little Walls. defensive breakdowns. Yeah, you know these scrums in the corner. I think that's one thing that Larson even said post game is when we're fighting for pucks on the boards and we're getting in a scrum, right? Yeah, the other teams are winning those battles too easily yeah he's like we can't come out clean like that he yeah goes, we're, we're we're going too far into the corner and not coming away with anything and and it, it they, was very obvious if they get the puck they they got to have a guy on him mm-hmm. right they're coming out so clean puck comes right into the middle of the ice right on the stick of uh he sure and then yeah. he just throws it right under right. Corpus Corpus Club. Club, yeah. yeah it was crazy to watch some, the, some of their passing and we just couldn't intercept it at all um it, it it was wild, um, just the whole night. And my that was my girlfriend's first hockey game that she had ever been to. So I'm nice. I, I can assume that she was just like I'm just sitting there talking technical and like trying to keep note in my brain of like because I knew we were going to do the pod Did you, today. Y'all, you got to explain to these new fans just the basic rules, right? Like if you explain offsides, then that's that's basically right. how the entire game is governed. Did she have a good time? She did have a good time. Luckily, we she won. Went to a good game. Yeah, yeah she went to a good. Yeah, luckily yeah. she went to a good game. Hey, so yeah, maybe we've uh, maybe you've instilled a new young CBJ fan. So that's that's always a plus. That's all we're trying. She to do. has been sending me like if I'm out and about and like the jackets are on or if I'm in the garage watching, she'll be in the house watching it. And I'm like, because like, we were leading up to it, and I feel like she kind of wanted to have an idea, but like I would like say players names and she's a she's like i don't i don't know i don't know what that person looks like or we need her opinion we need to get her on the pod we need to have these females come on the pod and tell us right like who's hot and who's not that's one of the segments segment. that we need, yeah we need the segment to <laughs> that's our, that's how we could get her maybe you know, that'll be that that'll the, be the valentine's day edition of the right pod yeah. Next month. <laughs> yeah just have all the girls come in and we'll just print out headshots of all the players and they can rank them or something there yeah. we go. There we go. Uh, so, Mr. Locon, um, I really liked your comment that uh, you said to uh, said to the group yesterday in our in our group chat about uh, Corpy. Would you like to uh, tell us what you said? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I've I've been very vocal about my thoughts about Eunice Corposalo. Don't get me wrong; he's been one of the cornerstones of this team. But man, he's had a horrible year. He's had a rough year. It's been hard. He's been injured. He's had COVID like twice or something. Yeah, up and down. In and out of practice. I'm sure it's been hard. But man, he gave up two last night in the first period that I thought he could have had at least the first one, especially the first one in my opinion. But then he gives up another one. Don't get me wrong, the defensive breakdowns lead to open shots. That should not happen in the first place either. Right. But it just seems to me like here recently – if you have an NHL, if you give an NHL player a shot one on one with Eunice Corposalo all alone, that puck's in the back of the net. You know, more more often than it's not. So it's two to two after the first, and it, we played a pretty good first period. Um, but those defensive breakdowns just lead in the and you know spotty at best goaltending uh, in the first period for us mm-hmm. leads to two to two. Um, 
but then yeah, my 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 thing with it was though in the in the in the third period I had a saying or I said this game's 3 to 3 because of Eunice Corposalo but also this game is 3 to 3 because of Eunice Corposalo because of that fucking miraculous save that he makes last night, right? Yep. Glove side so, too. Glove save, stretching across. Oh yeah, the he crease. came all the way across. You got to give props to the guy for a save like that. That's a game-saving save. Um, that's Kept a yeah. That's, he pivoted right off that right skate and just came back across and sitting there. It, the whole crowd like knew when the puck got passed and we're like, oh god, oh, he's shit. on the other side. Oh, he's shit. on the other side, and then he comes across and. That place I thought was going to crumble. I thought it was everything was just going to fall in. It went so loud. I feel you know you you feel you feel good for Corpy with that, right? I mean he's he's had, like you said he's had a tough it's going, a rough year. Um, you know, not playing his best. Obviously, Elvis getting signed big deal like extension, like him not. That's tough, dude. I mean, it's not like going to help you right. until you I mean to like know that. And just for him to get a win, right? I feel yeah, like it's. Absolutely. I mean, when's the yeah, last time he got that a win? under his belt? Bad. Yep. Maybe November. I don't know. But man, what a great fucking save! I mean, that's that that kind of acrobatic save is the kind of stuff that he's actually really good at. Yeah. You know, when you need a big acrobatic uh, game-saving save, Eunice Corposalo can give you that. Yeah. And we were sitting next to some Devils fans. There were two of them that were sitting next to us, and luckily I hadn't been drinking, or there'd have been some. Ah, look at that week. <laughs> But I, you weren't drinking? Oh, you had to drive last I night. I had to drive last night, and I knew the roads were getting bad. We were walking from Buka. Responsible. Yeah, we were walking from Buka over to our bar, and like it was starting to get a little slickery out. And I'm like, mm, we're just going to we're just gonna Take chill out easy, tonight. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, There's always Sunday football today. That's right. I'm actually about to crack one up. My, my coffee is empty. That sounds good, it's actually. It's time for a beer. Chinikov gets one last night. That's really good for him, too, as well, because he's had some nice shots. He's had a couple goals waved off. He's rang some posts, um, and he was in the right place at the right time last night. Puck kind of trickles to him off of a, a nice play by Corrali. Uh, hard on the back check, ends up getting the puck to Robinson, who slides it over to Chinikov for a wide-open Wide tap. Wide-open, yeah. You could have drove a Mack truck through that hole, and it was it was great. When we saw after Corrali got it out of that corner there, and it, I thought Robinson was going to have that goal, and he just kind of tapped it over. And there was Chinikov, and just dink yep. right in. It was it was great. That was that was what made it three three. Yeah, that made uh, it three three. Yeah, three three or three yeah. two. Three two something. No, and then we our fourth three, goal two, was again uh, Voracek to Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand, yep. yeah. Bjorkstrand had another fucking laser, dude. His shot is lethal. Oh, it's it's top right like uh, a postage stamp. A tour. Um, they started doing this, or um, it's kind of cool on the on the jumbotron. They'll show you the the speed of the shot. I know, yeah, so I saw, it's kind of cool to see well, some of there. You're like, that was damn Liney's wrist shot. That was like 90 miles per hour. Well, even that was the funny part. That Chinakov goal, 20.5 miles per hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I had been watching, I saw that because they show like how many miles they've skated on the ice oh, yeah. tonight and how fast they were going and things like that and. And so, I, like, I looked up and saw the speed, and I'm like, oh, man, that was just a little putter in there. <laughs> that uh, Bjorkstrand had two last night, both primarily assisted by Jake Voracek. So, good to see Voracek had a had a good celebration for his 1,000th game. Wierenski's first game back. Yeah. I actually thought he looked decent last night. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, carrying the puck. He looked really calm with it, and he played, like, 25 26 minutes last night fucking crazy something ridiculous like that 
Absolutely. I saw I, they said like in the first period he had already skated like two miles or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he was all over the ice. Yeah, it was. I I was worried. Um, I'm like, man, I've seen I've seen Z come back and he's given up some stuff. He's you know he's you know just kind of played lackadaisically. I thought he played really well last night. He did. Yeah. He's you know he's bringing the punk deep into the zone. I think one thing that I would like to see not to, like again. I thought he he looked really. Uh, he played a great game. But I think like it, he's getting a little too predictable when he. So he, I mean, he brings it deep in the zone, which is fantastic. But you know, like he's he always just goes around the net with the puck. I, I would yeah. like to kind of change that up a little bit just to see maybe surprise the defense a little bit on yeah. that. I wish they. I think they just need to turn him into a forward. <laughs> Let him start playing the wing. I mean, yeah, no, I'm just joking. Yeah. But he's got great puck handling. He, he handles the puck so well. So. Good to see him uh, back in the lineup last night. And we squeaked out a win, 4-3. That was huge back on track, for, man. for me, just my, mentally as a fan, you know. Yeah. It's hard to go through and just keep watching us lose and get our fucking ass kicked 7-2. to two. Well, and I'll tell you, I had been worried leading up to this because that I've known that we were going to go to this game since before Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she was like, hey, we got tickets for the 8th, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. And then we come back and – you know, a couple seven seven goal games that we gave up, and I'm like, I'm telling my boss at work, I'm like, well, getting ready to head up to the game tonight. We'll see, we'll see how they do, and they pulled it out. I was wor- I was worried the whole time, and then it <laughs> no, all kind of no, we know no lead to say. yeah yeah. <laughs> Texier's been out the past few games with COVID, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he was out, and, and 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 uh, oh yeah, he has he's not back yet. I forgot right who. Texier's not back. No, he's no, back. Yeah. He's out right now. Yeah, but we got Bjorky back, which Bjorky he was out too for yeah. those couple games. But and... I'm going to get on my uh, my usual train here and start talking about Emil Bemstrom because it's time to bring him up. It's time to talk about, honest to God, like his future with this team. You know, he's been in he's been in the NHL. I think this is like his third full year. Granted, he's been in and out of the lineup. He's been hurt. Um, but he's back now, and he's healthy, apparently, back to 100%. He has a bad turnover last night that leads right to a goal. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't really taken any of good opportunities that he has to shoot the puck. And if I'm Emil Bemstrom, I'm, I'm, I'm like, if I get the puck, I'm taking every look at the net that I possibly can. Because I know in my head that's my, you know, my, my strength or what – my perceived strength is is my yeah, shot. Yeah, so he's supposed to have that OV one timer. And I'm waiting. I've been waiting three years for it, Bemstrom. Where's it at, boy? Shoot the puck. Okay, that's all. That's that's all I'm gonna say about it. I mean, it's, granted, he's still a young guy. He's, I think he's only like 22 years old. He's still got time to develop. But Jesus Christ, we could really dude. use it right about now. Yes. I don't know what it is. Is it a confidence thing with him or or what? But like, he needs to. He needs to find his game. He needs to he needs to carry the puck confidently. He needs to shoot the puck well. It reminds me, of, I mean, that the the same sort of struggles that I'm seeing Patrick Laine deal with as well. I actually thought Laine looked good last night. I thought he did too. He, he was he carried the puck well. He didn't really turn it over that much. He kept possession pretty well. Yeah, he was bebopping that puck around some of these defenders too. And, and I thought at a couple different points, I'm like. He's going to get past this guy, and he's going to have a good one. And then there were a couple times that it looked like he was just trying 
for too long. Too, too hard, yeah. yeah. A couple times. Even some He'll of the shots. He'll try to skate it into like three guys yeah. and then lose it. Yeah, and then he was just bebopping around with it. But overall, I enjoyed his pace of play last night and, and how he controlled the puck. Yeah, I thought he controlled it a lot better than he has been. I still, we got it. I need him to shoot the puck, man. He's got that one timer. They're trying to get it to him a lot on that on the power, power play. play. They keep trying. Yeah. Teams are shading that way. They know it's over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, that's probably not going to be there as much as we hope. But even when he yeah. when he does have the puck, he, he, against New Jersey, at New Jersey, I think I saw him get into the high slot with the puck, and he fired it wide. Yeah. You know, he's missing he's the just, net a little bit. He's just a little bit off. Like I noticed, too, even um, in the Carolina game, just – just I don't know, just missing it by like a hair, fanning yeah. on it a little bit more. They need to some do sticks. the OV strat where if you go on the power play line, you go right to this spot and you don't move. You let everybody else. If that puck gets away, they go get it. If you watch like the Caps play, yeah, Ovi doesn't, doesn't move. move. No, Ovi does not move. He circle. stays right there, and then you just figure out how to get him the puck, to take the shot. I think that's kind of the you know. Uh, a little bit of the problem, right? I mean, we have Voracek that we can really give him the puck, but we just, you know, some bad turnovers when we're on the power play even, right? And we get the puck cleared. It's yeah. just, I would, but I agree. I mean, that's that's the the end goal, right? It's right. line A, just stay there, and we'll get you the puck and just keep firing. Yeah. Just trust the rest of the guys to get the puck over to you. It would be nice to play. have Benstrom, like you said, right? Be that same kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting on I need Emil Bemstrom to step it up a little bit. That's all I'm saying. We'll move past that. So recently it's been uh, some chatter since we're getting towards the trade deadline's coming up, boys. I mean, it'll be here before we know it. We got a few guys that the NHL uh, may have some interest in. And quite honestly, I think it's a, it's a good idea to think about shopping some of these guys. Three in particular. Um, obviously one is Eunice Corposalo. A team may be interested in Corposalo. I can't see a a hardcore maybe um, playoff team really trying to make a push for a goalie, but you never know. Maybe they maybe they do. Um, I wouldn't know where he might end up. Or one team that pops into my head is Edmonton. You know, Koskinen's been playing like shit. Edmonton's yeah. been struggling. Uh, Corposalo may seem attractive to a team like that, but some other guys. Um, one of the big ones that, uh, uh, you know, you probably could get uh, some high value for, maybe even a first-round pick, especially for a team trying to make a push or a run in the playoffs, is Max Domi. Yeah. You know, he's going to be a re- unrestricted free agent after this year. He's probably not going to sign in Columbus. I mean, maybe he does. Who knows? But do we really want him or need him? He's pretty good. What he's, he, he's played well this he's year. He's had a great he's year. Playing well. He's been so playing it's... incredibly well, and that's why I think – that's why I think you trade him. <laughs> you know, you, you get some really high-end value for a guy like that, especially for a team that's going to try to make a run. Yeah, yeah. If we could get if we could get a couple assets for him, I, I'd, I'd be happy with that. You know, I don't think he's – and, I mean, over the last several years, I think we're all used to Yarmo. He's going to move players if he wants to move players, you and know, so we is, can't – Stay too maybe, locked in on a certain guy. Maybe we can trade him back for Josh Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Montreal's kind of. Well, I don't know if they're looking to make a move at the deadline or not. God, if I had Andy back, oh, I miss him. <laughs> I do too. But Domi's been good this year. No, he has. He's been shooting the puck well. Uh, passing. He's not turned the puck over like he did uh, last year. So he's putting pucks in the net, man. Yep. And then uh, Jack Roslevic is another he's big name. He's been bad on this year, dude. He's been bad. 
He's been, I don't know what it is, man. Scratched. I played him in DFS like a fucking idiot the other night. And he yeah. put up a goose egg. Yep. No shots, no nothing. No nothing. Yep, I know. And I, I watched him last. He looked lost in space last night a lot when he was on the ice. And uh, he, he gave up a couple passes, I think. And, I mean, it, it just it was disheartening. I'm like, Jackie, come on, boy. Where's that flash of brilliance that we saw when he got traded? Yeah. When he got traded over here for PLD, those first few games, dude, he looked literally – I even said it on the pod. He literally looked like an all-star. Yeah. It, lo- it yeah. looked like we got this mega star young talent that nobody had really heard of. Yeah. Well, that I was mean, the thing, right? Because it was him and Line A, and everyone's like, oh, Patrick Line A. And, like, Line A was kind of put in the back the sun, burner, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's like, cool, we got Line A too. But right. Jack Rosselbeck. Yeah. Russellvik, I mean, it's in there, dude. His skill and his talent, it's in there somewhere. It's just, it's not coming out right now. So, but somebody, ever teams around the league know that they'd probably w- be willing to give a, a a pick or something in order to obtain a Jack Russellvik, maybe at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah, team looking for a skilled, fast, you know, middle to bottom end centerman. That's yeah. something that a maybe lot some of teams age just assets know or something. We're gonna- We'll get rid of him, and then he just goes off. He just goes he off. Yeah. Yep, that's the way she goes. But that, yeah, that would be interesting. You're right. I mean, that's one it's coming up, month, and then we're on, we're in that reloading or rebuilding phase, whatever Yarmo wants to call it. Yeah, we're in the in the mode where we're trying to acquire assets, and we have guys that teams may be looking at. I think we're going to pull the trigger on a few of these guys. Even Patrick Line, I think, is up for is up for a discussion. You know. Team, a team that would really covet Patrick Line would be willing to pay, you know, probably pretty hefty for him, because he don't don't get me wrong, he's been he's been playing rather well, but I don't see him as part of the as part of the the future of this franchise moving right. forward at the moment. Yeah, he could be something that you know you dangle out in front of a team like I don't know, like Florida or a team like. Tampa or a team like Toronto, a team that really could use somebody that lethal one-time shot and they know how to use it on a power play. That's something that a team could covet. And don't cuz there's no secret line A he doesn't like fit in 100% with the rest of this team. Um would I would I trade him? You know, I don't know. I, I he's he's a really he's a really talented player. I don't think you you don't trade him for picks. I, no, it's got to be a guy. It'd have to be a, a good a yeah. good haul back for him. Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. I just I still I think it's a move that would not escape Yarmo Kekalainen. Right. You know, yeah. come trade deadline, he's been, he's used to making blockbuster deals. So yeah, I I just want us to get to the point where it seemed like you know a couple of years ago, you know, we had Felino and we we had this like staple of it just seemed like they were just Columbus guys. You know, yeah. Yeah. it seems like we just don't have a lot of Columbus guys. No, we traded; they're all gone. Yeah, dude. you Everybody's know, it's gone. Boone. Boone Jenner's the only one left. Yeah, then I guess you can kind of throw Zach in there now, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ollie it's, it's a still new, kind of a it's staple. A new, it's a new regime. Yeah, it's a new squad. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe I maybe I'd like to see, you know, and maybe this is his end goal where we get a, Tampa. Right? Yeah, that squad. That that squad was the squad. Yeah. You know that team had a chance, yeah. And Panarin, Panarin left, and that literally had to have a garage. And, gosh, dude, people want to act like it's not that big a deal and act like it's okay and like don't want to be mad at Panarin or whatever. Fuck that. 
That dude left and cr- crumbled and crippled this franchise, quite yeah. honestly. Because that team had a chance. Yep. Yeah. They had a chance. They beat the fuck out of Tampa. Yeah. Damn near beat Boston. I'm still yeah. I'm still I say it every time I talk about it. Puck bounces a couple different ways in Absolutely. game five against Boston yeah. and we might be winning the Stanley Cup that year. Yep. That was the squad that had a chance. We had the chance right there in front of us and Panarin wanted to go fucking get a garage in New York City. Yep. And that's what crippled and started this whole fucking thing. It's yep. all one hundred percent attributed to Artemi Panarin leaving. Yeah. And I will not he- hear any other arguments. Right. And it's like it, you look at this team and it's like do you see these same guys on this on the ice in Columbus in 4 years? No. Not a lot of them. No. You know. Morinsky, Bjorkstrand, Merzlikens, yeah, and Sillinger are the only ones right now that I'm that I'm like positive or right. are sticking around. Yeah. And I I just think that once we get there, then you're going to see a lot better play. I think you're right. I'm I'm I'm, I'm ha- I have faith in the Yarmo's plan. As do I. I'm gonna. He I'm has gonna the reins, and I, I fully yeah. trust him. You know. It's still. It, listen. It's. It's. It's important to mention this. I think because I don't think this was the case in the past. The Jackets are a mediocre-ish at best team at the moment. You know, playing at about a 500 level record, and they sold 18,000 seats out last night. Yeah. That didn't happen 10 years ago, you know, when the Jackets struggle, the team tend, tended to see it in the seats, and especially financially. This team has grown a young fan base to where, you know, the young fans who have been following this team since they were kids, they're now adults, right? Yeah. People like you and myself, the, the middle-aged people, 30 to 40-ish years old are... And even younger now, we're carrying this this fan base. Yeah, and you can see that. Like I saw it last night. Like just yeah. the age demographics. You know, when I'm walking to go get you know a popcorn or you know heading back to my seat or whatever. Like you can tell, like Blue Jacket hockey in Columbus. Like that's that's like a young demographic now. Like that's uh, the amount of you know 36 and under that are there every night is just massive. Yeah. It's become a thing, like you know, it's like the thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the thing to it's do. What do. It's what yeah. you do. It's what you do. Jackets you playing at home tonight. We're heading to the Jackets game. The game. Yeah, you know, yeah. you spend twenty bucks on an up bowl seat, forty bucks, whatever. You go watch a hockey game, mm-hmm. and that's and that's good long term for us for sure. That's why I'm I'm excited for the future. You know, I, I have faith in in what's going on right now. Yeah, we're still putting fans in the seats even when we're not really playing that well. Yep. So. Yeah. We got a nice little stretch here coming up, though, this week, boys. We got Chicago. Very winnable game, in my opinion. Yeah, the way they've uh, they've been looking. They, they had a good win last night in, in Las Vegas. But, um, no, that's a – Damn, they de- ended up winning that game? Yeah, I was surprised. Two I don't one. understand Chicago at all. Uh-uh. Fuck them. Fuck Seth Jones. Yep, yeah, as long as we lay it on Seth Jones and I don't care. <laughs> yep. Just fucking uh, – no, Maybe has a negative we, three uh, rating for the game. Yeah. No, that's definitely a winnable game. Yeah, at Carolina and then at Florida, that's a tough stretch right there. Very two tough stretch. incredibly talented, tough, tough teams. Uh, but man, what a great opportunity! You know, if we could snag a win against Chicago first, build some momentum, and then hit the road with that with that mentality, mm-hmm. maybe we could pull out a Sneak couple out wins one. here. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Pull two out points four. out of those two games would be huge. Yep, I was gonna say four points yeah, overall. I, I I'd be a happy man. Same. I ain't got nothing else, boys. 
That's it so for me, man. Sunday morning. I, I, I got to build good some to be back. Uh, it's been a while football since lineups. Been on the pod. Yeah, we got some lineups to yeah. build. Last last week. NFL yeah, Sunday. week eighteen. I'm in a heated race for last place in one of my fantasy football leagues. <laughs> so you guys are still running season long in week eighteen with we, most well, starters not a, starting. A DFS. Oh, DFS, season long yeah. DFS. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't, there's three points between me and the guy. That'll be a fun one. Last place. So yeah, you tried to uh, you know sway him out of the uh, actual to, lineup last <laughs> night. <laughs> I tried to tell him he was in the wrong contest last night. <laughs> yeah, he had to go into the other one. Your strat for that for for week eighteen. Play the guys that are that have incentives. So like. AJ Green needs like ten catches for two hundred fifty thousand dollars and like a touchdown for another two hundred fifty thousand. Mike Evans needs like one hundred and ten yards for a hundred thousand dollars. Play those guys today; they're incentivized. They have to catch those balls to make that extra money. You heard it here first, boys, play, ladies play, and gentlemen. Play, if you're going to play narratives any week, this is the week because it, it matters to their their wallet. So don't don't play guys that undress and just leave the field. Cor- <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. Don't play guys. Yeah, CTE has entered the chat. So <laughs> he's never been right since that Vontez Perfect hit. Yeah. That's where it started when he was still playing for the Steelers and Vontez Perfect hit him when he was coming over the middle like that. That's when it happened. It's crazy. Go back and look that up on YouTube. You'll know. I almost feel bad for the guy. Just because he is—he's he's crazy. A tr- he's a millionaire, so yeah. Whatever. But he's like a psycho. He is he's a like psycho. a psychotic person, and people aren't like trying to help him. They're like talking. Well, I don't, when you don't want help, it makes it seem like nobody's trying to help. So that's know. a different uh, time for that's a yeah. different podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah. Later. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, D- DFS day. I was I'm sweating the last round of golf today as well. We got sat down in our seats last night, and I got done building my hockey lineup, and I go and check live contests, and I'm winning like $400 in golf. Let's go. I'm now currently winning $1.50. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how wild that swings. I was in Those first in a couple crazy. tournaments, and then now I'm winning $1.50. So DFS, you got to love it. But, yeah, boys, it was a good one. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the Man in the Cannon podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Man in the Cannon. Uh, I am Mr. Locon signing off for the morning. See y'all later. Peace. See ya.